Hello and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a bi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We will discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and businesses that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about Tyra Banks again, and we won't be discussing her MLM, that has already been covered. We're just gonna talk about the rest of her empire instead. Everything from America's Next Top Model to her TV show to Model Land. When I was initially researching her MLM, there was a surprising amount of backlash that came up in regards to these other things, but I felt it was inappropriate to put it into an MLM episode. So I put it aside and waited for this episode, which I then forgot about for many months. So now we're finally getting to it. Better late than never, I suppose. Now, I will say before we get too far into this that we are just going to look at a general overview because there's a lot of points I wanna touch on and I'm not gonna be able to dig into like every single little detail of like America's Next Top Model, for example. There are many other channels on YouTube and stuff that are covering like episode by episode things that were wrong and I it's literally impossible for me to cover that in less than an hour's timeframe. So we're gonna go over general overviews of each of these things. So let's begin and jump right in and start things off with what truly propelled Tyra Banks to the top of her celebrity status, at least to us common folk, America's Next Top Model. Now, America's Next Top Model or Top Model or ANTM is a reality TV show created by Tyra Banks. If you're not familiar with it, Tyra basically takes a group of aspiring models, gives them makeovers, and then every week issues challenges with photo shoots. Then Tyra, as well as other judges, eliminate a model each week until one wins and is supposedly put on the fast track towards superstardom. It's been on air since 2003 and with only a one year long break in 2015. People clearly love it. I used to watch it when I was younger and the concept is basically just American Idol with modeling instead of singing. The arts, music, fashion, modeling, dance, and all of that is pretty subjective. So I'm not gonna sit here and argue through the nuances if someone deserved to be voted off or anything like that. This is going to just be about actions that were taken on air. And also I like went through and binged, I think it was Brad Mondo maybe. Yeah, he reacted to all of America's Next Top Model, like um, their makeover shoots. And my God, has so many of those things not aged well. Like I remember watching them and then looking at them now, I'm like, ooh, yikes. But anyway, there's a few especially problematic comments out there. So let's go ahead and start with one from season five or cycle five as they're called. I mean, in a kind of cynical way, they're referred to as cycles and it just kind of sounds like you're just using these people up and tossing them away. But you know, hey, maybe that's what the show was going for. Anyway, the cycle five comment was directed towards a young woman named Kim. Season five, episode one, Kim says that she's a lesbian and she has a bit more of a masculine look. She says she's out and she's proud and that's awesome, right? Well, Tyra's response to this was, I'm black and I'm proud, but I'm not walking down the runway like I'm black, I'm black. That was kind of, it's tone deaf is what it is. There's nothing wrong with being proud of who you are, especially in the early 2000s when the LGBTQ community wasn't what it is today. A lot's changed in the past 15 years since that episode aired and having openly gay people on television back then was a little trickier than what you would think. It's something I never picked up as a child, I guess, but looking back at it now, there's definitely some really weird things where it's like if someone's gay, it's like this weird spectacle in these shows. And I just never noticed that as a child. But 
is Tyra seriously going to say that since she doesn't go around announcing that she's black and she's proud, that it means that Kim can't say that she's gay and she's proud? Not to mention Tyra says this next to her gay co-host, Jay Manuel, so that should tell you plenty about her character. But unfortunately, it's only the tip of the fucked up iceberg. In cycle six, Tyra Banks told contestant Danielle that the gap between her two front teeth wasn't marketable, and if she left it open, she was leaving a space for a different model to come in and take it from her. Which by the way, shout out to Danielle, what a sweet bean throughout that whole cycle. I loved her. I really, like, I specifically remember rooting for Danielle, and I was like, yes, queen. But anyway, they try and send her to the dentist and I just remember that she kept the gap and everyone's like, oh my God, they were so shocked and shit. I'm like, bitch, let her be like, she's rocking this. But again, making these sorts of just nasty comments about someone's appearance is part of the show, it seems. And you kind of, (laughs) in a messed up way, you almost have to accept that if you're going to enjoy the show, at least looking at it now through a 2021 lens. But to tell someone to change the gap in their teeth, to change their looks like that, and to just essentially say like, yeah, you're fucking up your entire modeling career by leaving that little tiny gap there. Like, that's just weird. But on the other hand, modeling probably until about maybe 10 years ago was still super rigid and girls from my understanding of, you know, friends who tried to become models and stuff, you had to change everything about yourself to conform to a client. And that's just a little scary to me. Like I wouldn't want a career that requires me to get surgery just for the chance to be something. Besides, what about other models that are known for their so-called imperfections? Cindy Crawford is a supermodel with a mole at the corner of her mouth and that makes her unique. Georgia Mae Jagger is the daughter of Mick Jagger and is a spokesmodel for Rimmel London. And she hasn't closed the gap in her teeth. Neither has Abby Lee Kershaw, who's worked with Gucci, Jill Stewart, Saint Laurent, Hugo Boss, Calvin Klein, and Chanel. There's other models with a gap too, like Laura Stone, Ashley Smith, the list literally goes on. Winnie Harlow is a model known for having vitiligo and it makes her beautiful and unique. How come when she went on top model, Tyra wasn't telling her that her condition wasn't marketable? A gap tooth and vitiligo are perfectly marketable. It sets someone apart and it makes them who they are. And maybe I'm crazy, but I think it makes someone more marketable. Like you're more likely to remember them, you know? Danielle herself spoke out about this recently since the controversy around this issue started to go viral. And Danielle said that back then it was a sacrifice for her career she was willing to make, but she didn't realize the example she was setting for young girls. She wants young women to be proud of their gap and not change for anyone. She took time to accept and love the gap in her teeth and they should love their gaps too. Tyra even admits now that those were some really off choices and she appreciates the honest feedback, but her sending love and virtual hugs doesn't really begin to fix the years and years of horrible decision-making from this show. I mean, Tyra Banks had women in literal blackface for this show, putting them in makeup to appear like a different race. Back in 2009, women were put in makeup to appear like other races. And well, what am I supposed to say about that? They also did this with homelessness because apparently homelessness is super fashionable. And they also did a photo shoot in a cemetery. The cemetery shoot concept is okay as long as you're respectful about it. My problem was that one model, Kayleen, was made to pose in the grave the same day her best friend passed away. And the reality is if she had refused that shoot and decided to take care of herself that day instead of trying to model, they most likely would have sent her home because they would have been like, well, there's no photo to judge. So you're the one going home. It's the extreme lack of empathy for me, honestly. In cycle seven, a black woman was paired with a male model that was racist who told her straight up he didn't like black girls in general, only to be told by a judge it shouldn't have stopped her from doing the job she was sent there to do. 
Like, we're not gonna address what the male model said. Like, he's good, but she's the issue here for being offended by that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? The problem here is there's an endless list of issues from models with tricky to pronounce names like Katarzyna purposefully having their names butchered and made fun of, long tirades that were cut and made into memes. We were all rooting for you, that whole shit. Which by the way, if you go back and rewatch that clip, the we were all rooting for you clip, that's the one with Tiffany with the model where Tyra loses her absolute shit on this girl. You know that? And then you come in here and you tweet this like a joke. You come in here and look at that and say, I can't read that. You read 10 times better than half of those girls over there. You did, you did. And you come in here with a defeatist attitude. I don't have a bad attitude. Maybe I am angry inside. I've been through stuff, so I'm angry. Yeah, but it's not, this is not, be quiet, everybody. Be quiet. That's what is wrong with you, but you're not. This was a girl who had a tough upbringing and kind of learned that being super emotional about things is just not okay in order to survive and live. So when this model was eliminated, instead of being selfish about it and, oh, woe is me, she's trying to comfort the other girls that were continuing on in the competition and trying to make jokes and make light of a situation that was otherwise quite uncomfortable for her. I mean, she was just eliminated from a TV show that was gonna be shown nationally of her own failure to become a model. And so she was trying to put on a brave face in that situation and that's understandable. But Tyra instead, I I don't know what Tyra saw in that moment, but she turned it into a moment to call out this girl's previous anger issues that she'd had and tell her, you're not respectful and you didn't deserve this shit and blah, 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 blah. And then obviously the famous, we were all rooting for you line. If you go back and watch that clip in its entirety, I'm telling you, it is so uncomfortable and it's obvious what Tiffany was doing and she did not deserve the tirade that she got from Tyra. However, this is only a sample of what we've seen. We've also seen one of Tyra's photographers get upset when Winnie Harlow, the model with vitiligo, asked him to please stop calling her a panda to set an example for viewers. We've had Tyra and photographers pressure women to shoot nude when they refuse to do it themselves. And if all of this was being shown, then what about the accusations spilling out from behind the scenes? Let's start with one of the most well-known controversies. The 2011 contestant Angela Preston won Cycle 17, but sued the show because she was stripped of her title when it came to light that she'd once worked as an escort. Even if you don't agree with her work in the sex industry, which by the way, you should be pro sex work and have it regulated to keep people safe because it's not gonna stop people, that there was no reason for the title to be taken from her. Angelia earned it. And not to mention, it's not as if she was hiding it either. As far as she is concerned, the production company knew about her past and knew that it was the past before she even came close to signing a contract to appear in Cycle 17. She appeared in a previous season. This is key to her legal suit as she claims she would have only been in breach of contract had she been working as an escort during the competition. At one point during the audition process, she said, the casting director came into my hotel room in LA and said, look, I heard some things and I know you know what I'm talking about, but you take this opportunity and you run with it. It was all the incentive she needed, she said, to tolerate the grueling conditions that came close to breaking some of the girls. She recalled, sometimes we would work 20 hours straight of filming. We couldn't talk unless the cameras were on. We had to be put on a thing called ice. That means if the camera's not rolling, we cannot say anything because they don't want to miss something potentially good. So we'd be on ice for hours, not eating, not drinking, not talking. You're guarded by members of the crew. It's like top model prison. That's exactly what it is. Those kinds of conditions aren't mistakes. That's not something a quick tweet from Tyra Banks can resolve or explain. This is a show being an inherently messed up system. 
Unfortunately, we haven't had any updates on this particular case since 2015, so I'm led to believe that they settled out of court. Angelia was suing for $3 million, which given how popular the show is, seems like something they might be willing to pay in order to keep their shady behavior buried. Now, I can understand if it's just a couple bad stories or maybe Angelia being bitter about losing the crown, but this is not the case. And unfortunately, this goes a lot deeper and the list is quite long. Gianna Turner spoke out last year in a two-part tell-all talking about the shady behavior she experienced. Everything from a producer named Janny accusing her of having a phone on set, which she didn't. This would be breach of contract. She could get kicked off for doing this. And they wouldn't even tell Gianna why they thought she had one in the first place. Gianna says she even tried to tell Tyra what was going on behind the scenes, but Tyra left her on scene and never responded. Tyra may speak about women empowerment, but her message is meaningless when her actions and obvious lack of concern tells a completely different story. Tyra also apparently got upset with her having done Playboy, criticized her for it, and then went on to stop asking Gianna about her alopecia. But in that particular episode, all that's shown is the alopecia part. So Tyra comes off as being more concerned, caring, or trying to build up that story for ratings. Yet Tyra still condemns Gianna in the same breath for having done Playboy before, which is 100% her choice and part of her story as well. Another woman, Natalia Taylor, spoke with casting and was selected to be a surprise model that came in later in the show. At first, this was her dream and she could understand the crazy requests or the answers the casting director put in her mouth during Skype interviews. They were trying to make her stand out. They kept saying over and over again and she believed it. But then the suggestion came for her to do a casting call model walk they could feature on the show. And the casting director told her to think about doing one on the highway. That's not standing out. That's asking to be hit by a fucking car. Now, Natalia, thank God that she did have some sense. She did not do her model walk on a highway. She did it down a church aisle, believing it was unique with a nice setting. It seems fair, but nope, they wanted more and she wouldn't get cast with this. So Natalia did a different model walk in Walmart because hey, they wanted a unique setting and this was absolutely a unique setting but the casting director hates it because of copyright, despite having given her the go ahead earlier. After making Natalia give specific nasty answers that she knew might make her look like the bitch of the show, they put her through this hellish casting process, ignoring her for weeks at a time, multiple times. It was an inner turmoil, she said. Am I still in, am I not? Finally though, Natalia says she got the call saying she was cast. She put a rush on her passport and then ignored for months. Natalia stood up for herself when they called back again after months to say she would be on the show and told them she wasn't interested. She felt they didn't have empathy for people's feelings, they were unorganized, and she wanted to be real as opposed to being some scripted bitch, as she puts it. And I feel like I could go on about this forever, and I'm sure that there are other reality shows out there with less than ideal conditions, but this really bothered me because it's so superficial, so staged, and they're asking for people to change who they are and potentially damage their modeling career in the future, all for ratings. This is a show Tyra Banks created, and rather than promoting the empowering women message she supposedly stands behind, it features a hell of a lot of women being torn down episode after episode. Being rude and shallow on television might get good ratings, but if you're that way in real life, then people probably won't really wanna work with you, model or not. And let's just take a quick break from today's episode to thank our sponsor, Mint Mobile. Now, you guys pretty much already know Mint Mobile. Love them, know them, they're here often in episodes, and they are back to offer premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. 
Now, again, it sounds a little too good to be true. So what is the catch? Well, the reality is, is that because they do their business online only and there's no retail stores or anything like that, there's a ton of overhead costs that just don't exist for them. So that means you get to save money too. And again, their premium wireless starts at just $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts too. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with the seven day money back guarantee. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just $15 and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com casket. Again, that's mintmobile.com casket. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month mintmobile.com slash casket. Now let's move on to the Tyra show. Thankfully, this has been dead for a while now and it only lasted five seasons from 2005 to 2010. Tyra's show won awards in 2008 and 2009 for the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Talk Show Informative. But if you actually go there and watch some of it, the show is really far from informative in my opinion, of course. In 2010, Tyra tells a young boy on her stage that sex feels like nails hitting your skin with a hammer. And after that, you just go blind when he asked her. She says, obviously it's not the truth. And they were joking after a commercial break. But I mean, is this a question that should be on a talk show anyway? Like, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe (laughs) I feel like the mom should be explaining this to him rather than Tyra. It just was really weird and off-putting. Something I also mentioned in my first Tyra video when Tyra pretended to have rabies on the show for ratings, which is, that's the thing that happened. Then in another clip, Tyra is groping Catherine McPhee on air. I mean, feeling someone up you're interviewing, even with consent to find out if their breasts are real or fake, like, I don't know, that just doesn't seem super informative to me. Honestly, I don't exactly have too much of a problem with the show, except for some of these outliers that are pretty, uh, pretty uncomfortable. But to me, it's just a mind numbing talk show overall. But to someone else, if they find it entertaining, I, I guess go for it. But Tyra's businesses aren't always harmless. Aside from America's Next Top Model and the MLM, Tyra also has a company called Model Land. The name comes from a book she wrote in 2011 and it's weird. And I mean, the book description is really weird. No one gets in without being asked and her untamable hair, large forehead and gawky body, Tookie de la Creme isn't expecting an invitation. Model Land, the exclusive mysterious place on top of the mountain, never dares to make an appearance in her dreams. But someone has plans for Tookie. Before she can blink her mismatched eyes, Tookie finds herself in the very place every girl in the world obsesses about and three unlikely girls have joined her. Only seven extraordinary young women become intoxabellas each year. Famous, worshiped, magical. What happens to those who don't make it? Well, no one really speaks of that. Some things are better left unsaid. Thrown into a world where she doesn't seem to belong, Tookie glimpses a future that could be hers if she survives the beastly catwalk corridor and terrifying thigh-high boot camp. Along the way, she learns about friendship, courage, laughter, and what it feels like to start to believe in yourself. And to me, this kind of sounds like she tried to make America's top model into like a young adult novel. I, I don't know, that's the vibes I'm getting from this, but the name Tookie de la Creme, I, I don't know why it's got me laughing, but it does a little bit. Now, here's the thing that happens when someone that is not a writer decides to write a book. It doesn't go well. 
Whether it's concept or execution, I don't think I wanna read this to find out, but any writer out there, any serious hardworking author is going to tell you that it can take years to be proud of their work. Tyra Banks is a model, not a writer, and there's nothing wrong with trying new things to put out into this world, and let's be real, it only got sales because her name is attached, not because of the quality. And some of the reviews I read are pretty fantastic. This book is bad, so bad it's hilarious. Model Land is beyond critiquing. It's so far gone, we've gone right back around into kicking and screaming territory. Because it's so what the fuck am I even looking at? I can't tell you how many times I yelled at this book with this wide-eyed, open mouth shock. Often making what I like to call a lizard noise at the back of my throat because I couldn't even handle it. It's so awesomely bad. Before I even continue, I think I need to tell everyone that I was crying laughing out loud last night as I read the acknowledgements and saw that Tyra thanked three different bodies of water, including the Pacific Ocean. No, I'm not joking. Tyra has no sense of what audience she's writing for. So one minute we have cutesy names for the countries based on things like weather and such, pitter patter for the province of storms and a girl who lives in a tree. And then, oh shit, she's cutting her wrists and there's blood and vomit and oh shit, what is going on? There's an entire chapter on periods and the male teacher discussing periods with them. There's a lot of nudity. There's plenty of self-mutilation, including self-flagellation a la monk style. A baby gets born in a toilet full of vomit from a model thin girl who didn't even know she was pregnant. And really, she wasn't even in pain. It took two seconds for her to pop it out. What? And this is just from one review. This person left a charming essay on the book. I swear, it's not even half the critique, but there are so many more. I can't read the rest. It made my brain hurt. I got to chapter five and I couldn't read any more. Then this is the most badly written book I have ever, ever read in my entire life. So I think after looking through a couple of these reviews, you can probably understand why I spared myself from actually reading it. And then at the very end is when I did in fact confirm that she thanked the Pacific Ocean in her acknowledgements. And uh, yeah, okay. Uh, can we be honest though on a realer level here? Who, who actually thanks the ocean for a book that they wrote and not even a good one? You've got to write what you know, or at least have maybe researched or experienced. Like I, I'm not saying she hasn't ever been criticized or that she's above criticism, but this is just weird. This book is just a train wreck from A to Z, plain and simple. The only benefit to this book is she probably didn't hurt anybody with it. But if this is the name she's using, going like Disney, but for models, theme park shenanigans, I'm a little bit terrified. And that leads us into the next segue we need to talk about, which is about the Model Land theme park. Now, from what I've seen from reviews, Model Land was now a be a model for a day kind of experience in Santa Monica, California. The opening has been delayed because of recent world events, obviously, and it should, be opening soon. Uh, has it opened? Let me see. Uh, it looks like it hasn't, according to Model Land's own website, that they're still closed and they're delayed until further notice. So, you know, maybe that can be a forever thing, but probably not. Anyway, tickets are between $56 to $1,500. More expensive tickets are VIP and you get wardrobe changes, tips from Tyra, I'm guessing through a video, as I doubt this would be in person, and things of that nature. Some people say this is an investment, that you can get great headshots for cheap out of it because headshots are typically more expensive, but I'm kind of erring with a newscaster that says, what tips can I gain from Tyra? She's a statuesque model. What tips can I have to be a six foot three model? 
And while this is not a horrible idea, I'm just not really gonna trust anything that comes from Tyra after her MLM, like, sorry. She's already proven herself to me in my eyes that she's pretty money hungry. And that's the ultimate goal here. From doing strange things to boost ratings on her show to the strange and sometimes downright offensive episodes on Top Model to the book that she clearly didn't even know how to write. And now this, it's just money grab after money grab after money grab. You'd think that since she's so well put together and so beautiful and such an icon that she would have her businesses together, but instead they are running like a hot mess. Now, the last thing we're going to touch on today isn't about Tyra's companies, but it's kind of more of a who she is as a person type thing. If she's really a kind but foolish person, maybe I could excuse some of this and chalk it up to her not doing her research and being ridiculously absent-minded. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Tyra Banks had a lawsuit filed against her in 2017 after mistreating a young girl on America's Got Talent. Tyra Banks was the host before Terry Crews and left in 2019, supposedly to focus on TV production. Here's to hoping she doesn't have even more ridiculous ideas up her sleeve for more modeling shows. However, if it had been because of the lawsuit, I also wouldn't be surprised because some of the details are pretty disturbing. According to the 18-page suit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court, it seems that the adult plaintiff and her husband were publicly humiliated by the America's Got Talent judges and some audience members during a March 19 performance. The duo were performing a song they wrote about motherhood that celebrated the young girl's birth and bond among the members of her family. It says the song is especially favored by the girl, ID'd as Mary Doe in the filing among her parents' works. But apparently Banks, the judges, and some in the crowd were unmoved. The suit claims that during the performance, Banks, an individual acting as an agent of the defendants, physically manipulated and verbally abused Mary. Banks shook Mary's shoulder, pulled Mary's hair back, and physically manipulated Mary. Mary did not stop Banks's conduct because Mary was fearful. Banks also insinuated that Mary was accidentally conceived, made fun of the performance and ridiculed the song in front of Mary, all in front of active cameras that were filming Mary. After the performance, Banks asked Mary to describe in front of active and filming cameras, her opinion about Jane and her husband after they were publicly ridiculed by America's Got Talent. As a result of her negative experience from AGT and defendant's abusive treatment, Mary was traumatized and became deeply depressed. Now, the whole suit from that filing is online, but a few weeks later, more information was added. A few weeks later, the plaintiffs asked that America's Got Talent not televise or publish any footage of their performance and the child's reaction. It claimed that Marathon executives agreed not to feature Mary as part of the program and acknowledged Mary's emotional distress. But the plaintiffs also wanted the song's performance kept off the air for fear of causing further emotional distress. The lawsuit says AGT maintained that they will exploit all footages of Jane and her husband and that they will not air those footages in their entirety. Seeking a jury trial, the suit claims intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress along with civil battery and civil assault. The plaintiffs are represented by attorneys Elizabeth Yang and Natalie Schneider at law and mediation offices of Elizabeth Yang in Monterey Park, California. So even though Mary's parents asked them to keep it off the air, America's Got Talent decided to clip the parts that would make their host look bad and show it anyway. So that's charming. AGT has been sued before. And if I had to guess, the situation was swept under the rug as best as it could be, just like the rest of them. There's no more information about it since 2017. So as far as I can see, but the segment never aired and I wouldn't be surprised if America's Got Talent simply paid a hefty price tag to sweep this under the rug and put it to bed. 
My personal opinion, simply put, is that Tyra Banks is not the nice person she claims to be. She's manipulated people in MLMs on America's Next Top Model, been abusive towards a younger girl on a different show entirely, and had some pretty pathetic money grabs along the way. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be desperate enough to pretend I have rabies for ratings or write a young adult novel about modeling with alarming messages inside it. When you're an icon that large, I do feel it is your job to some extent to know and understand that people do look up to you, whether you want that or not, it will happen. Whether Tyra specifically wanted that or not, people do look up to her and people bought that book simply because her name was on it. But the self-harm, weird messages, and the way she's torn people down over the years is not anything worth looking up to, honestly. And I know there might be some people that say, hey, you know, America's Tops model, that was years ago. And I'm not trying to be the person that just drags something up from the past and rifles through it just for the sake of it. This isn't a let's go cancel her or something thing either. And I don't think she needs to be canceled. She really handles that well on her own. All this really establishes is a pattern of behavior of things that she or whoever is managing her business and doing things without her consent is handling. And it's not a good look and it's a consistent bad look. But with that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's quick little episode, taking a look at some of Tyra Banks's other business exploits and failures. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Corporate Casket. And if you did, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you're listening so that you can always stay up to date on the latest episodes. I upload every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So there's always something new to learn. Thank you so much for making it to another episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.